Oh, so it is a female? You, it, it is. The, the faceless traitor is a woman, yes. See, that kind of narrows down. Uh... It, it eliminates 50% of humans. This is going to be sort of the, the beginning of the end of this particular story arc. Last time he had just been ambushed by a, a, uh, a patrol from the Faceless Trade Party as you were trying to cross a bridge and drove them off. Interesting to note there was a bridge that you drove across on this almost entirely uninhabited planet. But uh, you uh, took out half the Faceless Traders and ran away from the other half. You're now safely on your way to investigate that signal you've been tracking the whole time you've been on the planet. Before we get to you, we're going to pop real quick up to the Mechanicus Research Orbital for another another very quick interlude from the point of our mysterious guest, the individual in the Mechanicus robes. In this case, he he leaves the sensorium, like just sort of, you, we actually see through the scope the like thermal vision of Ketho detonating one of the guys with his bolt gun and then the the whole group of you like peeling away and he he gets off from the um the sensorium chair and uh sort of mutters something indistinguishable to himself in frustration and walks out into the main like chamber above the sensorium and uh he sees actually Gemina is there and so he he goes up to her and pulls her aside into an alcove and she she sort of looks at him like, all right, what do you want? Can't you see I'm busy? I don't have time for you right now. And the guest says, I just have a simple question regarding the nature of these guests who've visited the planet down below. What did you say they were doing? And Gemina responds, well, they were... I didn't. You never bothered to ask. You just busied about yourself with your normal self-absorbed research as you always do. But they're down here doing some research on orc spores. The guest is like, orc spores? Really? A group goes down to the surface of a death world to check for orc spores, armed with very clearly military-grade weaponry and training. Yeah, Je Gemina just sort of shrugs and brushes him off and says, yeah, just, I don't question their methods, they're just here to do some research. And he sort of looks at her for a while and then just leaves some sort of like processing readouts on his augmented vision say like no no useful info obtained gemina obstinate seek other methods of inquiry and he just tromps out of the room and at that point our little interlude fades and we go back to you guys so she knew that you guys were actually inquisition and she did not give you up to this guy which is good yeah go gemina as you continue through the jungle past the location of the ambushers it takes you another like three hours or so of travel because it's getting very steep up here you're definitely entering the mountainous terrain of fear and the trees they don't grow nearly as tall but a lot like thicker and squatter vegetation the rich tropical flowers of lower elevations become a lot smaller and you you do notice the air getting significantly cooler as you ascend and a thin mist continuously blankets the area to the point that seeing anything beyond uh, a couple hundred feet is 
quite difficult. So that, that will be imposing a penalty on perception checks unless you have something like a prey sense sight uh, thermal vision that will cut through it. All surfaces that you seem to touch are like perpetually slick with water. So that serves some to make the climb more difficult as well. It actually at this point is almost more effective to just walk your bike up than try and ride it. After a couple hours, probably traversing like less than a mile in distance, you do get up a ways. Suddenly the ground takes a sharp downturn. It seems like you're headed into a ravine. Your um, data slate tracking coordinates show that you are very, very close to the signal at this point. Probably within this ravine is where the signal originates. How do you proceed? Can we see anything at all down in the ravine? It's a, a sharp cleft in the terrain and goes pretty much straight down uh, away from you guys. There's vegetation growing along the sides, trees and stuff inside it as well. And so with the, the foliage and the mist, you can't really see more than 200 meters ahead of you. The coordinates say that like about a little over a kilometer straight ahead is the location of this signal. Just before we go into the ravine, are we able to get like a, a better view over the trees or are we still just in total thick jungle? You're in thick jungle. It looks like if you maybe climbed to like the top rim of the ravine, you might get a little bit of a better view into it. But um, you would also be a lot more visible to anybody inside the ravine. Sure. And it, regardless of what you do, any vision beyond like 300 meters is very hazy. All right. Well, I'm going to converse with my fellow acolytes and say shall we leave the bike and proceed on foot yeah yeah your your descent in a bike is going to be either plodding careful trundle or headlong dive not much room for anything in the middle so you can leave the bike behind some bushes or something no 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 drive it off the cliff just drive it off the cliff with uh some like sick guitar riff playing as it explodes in midair Exactly, because we raked it with the crackness. Does anybody have any... I'm checking my own gear list as I say this. Okay, I still have some trackers. Just in the... If we're going to leave the bike, I'm going to take one of my trackers and I'm going to put it in one of the compartments hidden away in the back of the bike, just in case someone tries to mess with us. Sure. Does he have to roll for it like I did for the bolter? Um, No, you just put a tracker in there. So he won't just put it on the seat? You hide the tracker in what seems to be a very good hiding place. Unfortunately, it's inside one of the engine cylinders. No, you just, you, you tuck it in like the, the saddle bag compartment or under the seat or something. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you're, you, you can like hide it in a bush or something and head on into the ravine. Tyrus takes his four staff out, though he's careful not to use it. As tempting as it may be, he does not use it as a walking stick. He keeps it horizontal to the ground and slowly makes his way down. Mm -hmm. I mean, just a, as an advisory, you absolutely can use it as a walking stick. Oh, I know I can, but Tyrus would never put his force staff in the soft earth of this poisonous planet. Fair enough. Okay. Maybe he takes his mono sword out and uses that. Okay. You use it as like a machete to cut through the jungle. Sure. It is slightly less thick here, the, the actual vegetation, because there, there's like actual like sheer rock visible on the sides. And of course, there's no... Not nothing growing there. It's teeming with vegetation all over the rest of the place. And as you walk through this ravine, 
it, it like starts very much like even with the ground and just dips into the earth, descending at like a pretty constant rate. And uh, as you walk through Martin, you look around at the striations on the rock, the way the ravine is descending, and you realize this is not a naturally formed ravine. It actually almost reminds you of an impact crater. Yeah, I was going to say like a meteorite impact or something. It is orc spores. Woo! Ahead, you hear a deep, gruff voice say, All right, boys, get him! <laughs> oh, God. Can orc spores survive in the vacuum of space? Yes. Okay, then. Oh, yeah. Orcs can survive in the vacuum of space. Uh, as you, you continue forward, you see what looks at first to be boulders covered in moss, but actually, upon very close inspection, are some kind of artificial material, colored mostly jet black. Seems to be some kind of, like, non-imperial substance. Martin, I just rolled a knowledge roll on your behalf, and it's you. I rolled a natural nine, which is very good. You look at it, examine the texture of the stuff, and conclude this is Eldar Wraithbone. Mm-hmm. Just what I was thinking. I wonder what this structure could be. As an exposition for the audience, and as if you want to know about it, Wraithbone is the material used by the Eldar for basically all their crafting and buildings and weapons. Anything manufactured by them where we would use steel, they have Wraithbone instead. They literally sing it into being or into shape. Uh-huh. Yes, as, as you continue farther into the ravine, it grows wider and blossoms out into a, well, a crater. Standing at the mouth, you can like just barely see the edges of where it starts to curve around at the rim. So you'd estimate maybe like 500 meters or more across at the widest point. And in the center is a very large structure. There, there's many like chunks all around the place. These wraithbone segments have all been almost completely covered in foliage and moss and the like. They've been here a long time, whatever this is. It looks to you like the remnants of a crashed Eldar void ship. Uh, fairly small, equivalent to an Imperial frigate, but still very much there. there is a very large portion of a void ship sitting right in front of you. Only half a kilometer long. It's tiny. It's a puny little thing. Looks like it might not even be the whole thing because it could have broken up on re-entry, but it's it's a sizable chunk, and it looks to be like the main crew habitable area of the ship. Is it overgrown? Like, has it been here for a while? Oh, yes. It's been here... It's hard to tell exactly, but like in the neighborhood of at least hundreds of years. Not a recent crash. The whole crater and wreckage has been reclaimed by nature at this point. Well, upon seeing the Wraithbone and the ship, I think I'm going to make a Cinescience roll. Sure. Go for it. All nope. right. Unsuccessful. So you, you reach out with your psychic senses. It's hard to pick up anything of the, the background noise of all this biological life. Because life does have a psychic signature, no matter how small it is, and it this place is just overwhelming with life. You do, however, get a sense that you're being watched. How likely would it be that these Eldar are still alive? Make a survival roll. No. I have no idea what an Eldar is. I mean, when you think about it, are you really sure that you are not the Eldar? Slowly point my bolt gun towards Tyrus. I did roll a survival roll on behalf of some other people, and it's unlikely that 
I mean, if if the occupants are alive, they haven't been operating out of this wreckage. This doesn't look like it's been disturbed. All right. Well, Tyrus is going to take out his good quality magnoculars and sort of scout over the ship, see if there's uh, anything of interest that I can see from this distance. I quickly reload my bolt gun. Give me a um a perception roll, either perception or intelligence, your choice. Uh, I guess I'll go with an intelligence roll because that's a little higher from. Yeah, it's a awareness is the name of the skill. Sorry. Oh God, we suck. Mm. It's uh, actually. If you guys want to take your time just, like, traversing the perimeter of the structure, I'll, I'll let you just find the entrance. Because your tracking is saying somewhere, like, the front of the ship is, like, vaguely almond-shaped, the, the sort of habitable area. It's crashed in such a way that, like, the fat end of the almond is dug into the ground a good amount, and the note and the pointy end sticks out into the air just a little bit. It's maybe, like, 30 meters off the ground. There, There's like a, a big cleft in the, the structural integrity of this thing somewhere that it, that's easily reachable with a little bit of climbing from the ground. And that, that looks like it'll get you into the ship. The The signal is coming from close to the tip. That's the only um, sort of entrance that you see at the moment. So anyone have other things they wish to do with the surroundings? Well, it's like you said, we, we did find the entrance to it, right? Yeah. Can I send my cerebral skull in? Sure. I don't know if you have any kind of visual feed to that thing, but... um, I'm actually not sure either. We should have duct taped a camera to it. <laughs> and you, you can always, like, poke around corners with your optical mechadendrite, so yeah. you won't be shot in the face. That, I think that thing is pretty long, too, actually. Yeah. I'll probably just do that lead with the mechadendrite. Mm-hmm. Well, you're... you're Basically, you won't be ganked by anyone hiding right around the corner with a shotgun. Yeah, I'd be more worried about, like, Eldar auto turrets or something, but yeah. It's like, who knows how much luck we'd actually have, like, interfacing with this thing at all, but trying to find the cockpit... Probably very little. Very little. Hey, they did it in Independence Day, okay? <laughs> they figured it out. Okay! Bad science! Yes, exactly. Get out your little MacBook tablet. Yeah. My belief in the Omnisci is strong. Yeah, boot up the, the the 90s era MacBook and yeah, some green text terminal and get going. Well, I think mainly we could just at least look for, you know, bodies, I guess. Well, that's a question, uh, Martin. You're the one who's uh, familiar with Eldar physiology. If an Eldar were to perish in this craft, how long would the body remain? Well, as long as typical human, I'd probably just be bones well actually we don't know how long this is this has been here for probably just from the sounds of it at least you know like 50 100 years or something at the minimum also is this thing really a kilometer long it's like half the size of the crater technically it's more like 500 meters long maybe a little less i mean it could take us days just searching this thing the the cleft takes you pretty close to where you want to be you know the location within this thing that has the general area you want to go. Oh, so the signal's from the ship. So yes, have, the, si have... the signal, if, if I wasn't clear, the signal is coming from the ship. Now that you're here, like, with um, whatever scanning mechanisms you have, you can indeed pinpoint the location of the signal now that you, you know what to look for. Zarko is definitely off-put by this whole situation. The idea of crossing blades with a uh, Eldar swordsman does not Actually, maybe maybe he's slightly excited by that concept, but uh, he shouldn't be though. 
Well, considering they're really fast and they got really, really sharp swords, yeah. They're good at sword stuff. I can confirm. I've seen their stat blocks. So Zarkov would find a good challenge. Alright, that's fair enough. But how many of them are there and how many Zarkovs are there? Oh, wait. Uh, Without the, like, investing into cloning technology, just the one. Wait, could I do that? Probably not. I don't think they do cloning. So I just wanted to point out that Zarkov definitely does seem a little bit perturbed and somewhat excited by the prospect of this ship. Whereas I'm running around sticking, like, multimeter probes into all the conduits to see if they're still working. Hopefully you don't activate any security system. Ketho is in the more cautious, shell-shocked state. <laughs> At the move of any branch, I'm turning around somewhat scared. Because I don't know how to socialize with anything in this world, let alone something from another world. To, um, actually answer Martin's probings, poking into the power conduits, you see that there are trace amounts of power that you think correspond to like uh, a backup emergency power system but like the, the kind that is like run on like a, a radioactive isotope and can last basically forever but the main power of the ship is not online so you'll, you'll have basically nothing but like emergency lighting in there working mm-hmm. so hopefully that means the security systems aren't working i do have a wraithbone sword i wonder it may come in handy i'm gonna keep it ready on my belt just in case Yeah. You have a force staff in one hand and a mono sword in one hand and your wraithbone sword in your teeth. Yep. All right. Are we all good with heading into the ship? Tyrus is prepared. I think I'm already in there. I'm the only one I'm guessing. Ketho is back on Acheron. <laughs> By the way, the ship is it's mostly black with some red, like blood red. You, you guys enter the ship. The interior of an imperial ship very much looks like a submarine, like very cramped metal corridors with bulkhead doors most corridors if you're trying to move past another person you have to like flatten yourself against the wall but this eldar one is actually feels almost comfortable to walk in because the the hallways are narrow but not oppressively so and everything has these graceful curves to it everything having been grown out of wraith bone rather than stamped and welded as as you step in there's this sort of sense of um unease permeating all of you guys like you you have this feeling that you should not be here like the ship is trying to tell you to get out which is a preposterous notion of course ships don't talk but that's the feeling you get really wish you hadn't failed that sin of science roll (laughs) sorry actually he'll he'll get another chance in a sec it's <laughs> not a good sign. You enter through this cleft. Vines and stuff snake in from like the entrance, but soon those sort of like sunlight loving plants are nowhere to be found. It gives way to just the cold artificial interior of this ship. You enter into like a split open area of like what looks like a, a hab module with like a, a few cots lining the sides flipping down from the wall there's only like 10 beds in here all the beds are like very neatly made no visible bodies or anything around the place and very little clutter either looks almost sterile there's no like containers or anything there are some containers but if you open them you find everything is completely empty okay that's kind of weird even the eldar would have some belongings of some sort i would think they are sentient creatures, so if you are fine with just continuing, you go into the next rooms in the general direction of 
your target. I'm guessing we're heading towards the back of the ship? You're going towards the snout. Okay. The tippy front. You go through a sort of, like, common area. Again, it, it looks like it's set up to be an area for the crew to socialize, but it's completely sterile. No personal belongings and such. As As you get closer, Tyrus, you feel whispering in your head indistinct no sort of words it's similar to the feeling that like when you walk into a room and everyone in that room has heard some kind of nasty rumor about you that you haven't heard of yet and they all like turn to each other and start whispering about it it's that sort of tone to it i wonder if tyrus can make another cine science roll you sure can roll to 17 with a target of 44 okay 17 out of 44 is a good one it's actually coming pretty much directly ahead of you, very close to where you're going to pursue this signal. That uh, There's a definite source to these whispers. Can I tell if it's coming from a living being? Ketho stops whispering at that point. You, how about you roll me um, Forbidden Lore Psychers? I don't have Forbidden Lore Psychers. You don't have Forbidden how? Lore Psychers. <sighs> yeah. Matt! Oh, no, shit, I do, I do, I do, <laughs> I do, I do, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know, I do, I do. I'm sorry. <laughs> you had one thing you're supposed to know. It just, it, no, I do. It's just interesting how Psychers and um, Adeptus Telepathica are technically different ones. I don't have Adeptus Telepathica. I really should. Okay, so I am ranked in Forbidden Lore Psychers. The knowledge skills in this game are needlessly specific, and that is yeah. something I could rant about for a while, but I won't. Roll the 22 on a target of 54. These mines are definitely... It's weird because they are, they definitely have the psychic signature of a psychic being, but they're not registering as alive. Is this something I've ever felt before? Hmm. I don't think you would have. You feel like these are like, these are real psyker souls, but they're not tethered to real bodies, is the conclusion you draw. I say, uh, strange beings be in front of us or be near. Why does player knowledge have to torment me so? <laughs> oh, it, it never stops. But you, you do know the general direction of this stuff. I suggest we proceed with extreme caution. Yeah, we'll, we'll let the psyker go first. I thought you were going first with your mechadendrites around corners. Actually, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Toss your bionic nose around the corner first to smell for danger. Sniff, sniff. Oh yeah, my bionic nose is definitely sniffing. Your snoofler is snoofling. I should have uh, made a remote cord for it so it could be detached. Oh, no, we already did that, remember? We did. We yeah, did. We, said that it, we said it had yeah. Bluetooth. <laughs> yeah, it, it has wireless smell. Yep, because if Matt finds a use for it, it will be very funny. So, yeah, you, I guess, head towards that way through a number of rooms, one that looks sort of like a um, communications center, almost. It's hard to tell if it's like a, a sensor room or a place to hold a seance it's kind of got the characteristics of both but again scrubbed clean of all sort of life signs you you get to the the entrance to the chamber where all these whispers are coming from the door is shut almost all the way but is like slightly open hey zarkov why don't you open it oh yeah sure bud at this point actually everyone can hear the whispers except zarkov <laughs> so zarkov feels nothing uh. Don't tell him anything. So you enter? Oh, after you, Zarkov. He does have the biggest HP pool, doesn't he? <laughs> uh, I don't know if he has the biggest HP pool, but he can certainly dodge the best out of all of us. Uh, f fine. 
What am I rolling? <laughs> you don't have to roll anything. You just enter. I enter very prepared and cautious. You find yourself surrounded by trees. What? Not exactly trees, but that's the best analogy that comes to your mind. They're like if someone turned a tree to crystal and stuck them in that room. There's a, a few of them, maybe like a dozen in total, in a fairly small chamber, circular. Can I stealth into the room, not just walk into the room? You can, sure. Uh, there's there's no living creatures here. I, I don't care. I don't want to even step on something funky. Um, <laughs> All right. You are very any, careful as you enter the room. Is there any target modifiers? Minus 10 because it's a really quiet environment. You fail. Oh, God! <laughs> An orc jumps out of the corner and shoots you in the head. Oh. I'm assuming nothing shoots me, though? Nothing shoots you. To you, it gives... There's no indication that anything is really here. You hear, like, the faint notes of a breeze tinkling through crystalline wind chimes, but you don't feel any kind of breeze anywhere. Everyone who's not Zarkov, the whispers abruptly cease as you enter, but you definitely feel you're being watched. The opposite side has a door which is shut and looks to be locked, and from right behind that door is the, the source of the signal that you're tracking. Who's going in first? I mean, I'm already in the room. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm behind you, but you are the untouchable. Yeah. You have more armor than I do. I'll follow, I'll follow Zarkov. That's, uh, that's why I'm behind you. Just behind. I'll follow him in. Is there anything on the trees? Like, I know these aren't quote-unquote trees, but to my mind, they are trees. Is there any, like, fruits, or is there seeds, or is there, like, debris on the ground, or are they, like, really well-maintained? As you look closely, it looks like, kind of like berries, but as you look closer, you realize they're actually little tiny oblong stones that are, like, uh, anchored to the trees, pressed into the surface of the tree. Looks to be maybe like a couple hundred of these stones around the trees in the room. Other than that, no debris of any kind. Not even, oddly enough, this room doesn't even have the dust that's collected on surfaces in other areas of the ship. I poke one of the little stone things. Confirm it is a, a gemstone. It doesn't move or anything. Okay. You hear like a sort of angry murmur in your head when you do that. Oh god, don't touch the rocks. Eh? I haven't tried to tear it off yet. <laughs> so there, there is a, a door at the end of the room. You can interact with the trees further, or Tyrus can do psychic stuff, or you can check out the door. Other than that, the room is pretty much featureless. There is a little bench to sit in, like a, at the side. Looks kind of like a park bench. Oh yeah, Tyrus, go sit in that. Uh-huh. It'll help you hear the voices more clearly. Everyone cover me. I'm going to go sit down here. And Tyrus sits down. Sarkov draws his uh, chain swords. <laughs> so, as you sit down, you feel the attentions of many spirits focus on you at once. The general sort of emotion that you get is one of, like, cautious unease. And you get a impression in your mind. It's, it's like hearing another's thoughts, like what you do with telekinesis, not so much someone speaking directly to you. Telepathy, rather, not telekinesis. And the thought says, why are you here? We seek the Holy Grail. I, I look to the rest of my party and say, do you hear it? They don't. I just respond with, what is your name? You can call me Tarion. How long have you been here? Many cycles. I do not bother to count. Far longer than your life. As this voice is speaking, you feel the presence of dozens of other spirits, like 
they're all paying attention, but this is the person who's their spokesman. It does seem to be a male voice. Have you had any other visitors? No, but others draw close. They draw close now? Yes, they seek us as well. Seek us? You mean they wish to take you away from this place? They seek our cargo. I don't think they want us. What is your cargo? In the room beyond, a weapon of terrible prophecy. It is not for you. I don't seek your cargo, but I believe I seek those who seek it. Well, I wonder who it is for. When he said you, it was more... The feeling of you was like a you, the human race. Like, uh, it doesn't belong to you. Oh yeah, I got that. <laughs> I mean, do we know Eldar are racist, so we can just assume that he's an asshole? Yes, you you are aware that Eldar are quite racist. They're they're arrogant. Sorry, would you, you consider this a craft world ship or something else? Do you have Forbidden Lore Eldar? I don't. I know Martin I do. does. Martin, why don't you make me a Forbidden Lore Eldar roll? Yeah, the color scheme he said was, didn't sound familiar to me as any craft world, but yeah, hang on, hang on. Okay, that's good. <laughs> you uh, rolled an 8 on a target of 61. Alright, this is not a ship affiliated with a craft world. This actually matches the markings of a particular Corsair band of Eldar encountered by Battlefleet Calixis on a couple occasions. Uh -huh. This is a ship unaffiliated with the craft worlds, but definitely Eldar. The lack of any kind of crew indicates that this is probably not a vessel intended for war. This is something else. You're not sure exactly what, but this was this was not a raiding Corsair ship. A research ship, perhaps? Or just a transport for whatever the artifact is. Yeah, but wouldn't it have had a, a guard of some kind? You would think, but Eldar are strange creatures. Yeah, they're not logical and cool like us humans. Yeah, we're totally logical. You do know that Eldar have defense mechanisms that don't rely on living creatures, uh, psychic in nature, generally. Yeah, they also don't have any penchants towards using AI. Mm-hmm. What's what's your goal in this interaction? Well, we know that other people are coming towards this signal. Remind me again how where we got the signal from. In, data was on the Faceless Traders ship. This was their goal. So you can be certain that the Faceless Traders are going to be heading this way. But um, the benefit to you taking the trike was that you got here before they did. Well, I I feel like. Even though it's not meant for us, it's probably even less meant for the heretics. So you'd either destroy it or take it, whatever it is. I ask this, for lack of a better term, spirit that I'm talking to. Do you wish to protect your weapon? Do you guard it? We make sure it is not used for ill until the prophesied time arrives. That time draws near. Ooh, prophecies. I fear the newcomers will use this for ill. Are we the newcomers? You cucumbers? Are we the new? Are we the newcomers? Newcumbers, the ones entering the ravine now. Oh shit! <laughs> I say, guys, we have company. <laughs> I cover the doorway with my bolt gun. Based on how long it took you guys to get here, you have you have a while before they get here, but they they are definitely close. I am unsure about you. The strands of your fates are tangled. Their sort of pattern of interaction. Seems like they're trying to... It's it's like if you try and have a complicated conversation with someone, like, when they suddenly wake you up from sleep. It's that That's sort of the 
demeanor that this voice has. Just uh, filling in a little color. Th- those who approach are our enemies. We can defend your cargo. Would this please you? It would please me if all of you just left. If we left, then the others would surely take your cargo, though. The cargo is precious. It must not be taken, but above all must not be destroyed. Can we actually use it as a weapon ourselves? That would be uh, helpful, potentially, if not a little heretical. Yeah, I say, this weapon, can it be wielded? Can you wield it? Can I wield it? I will not tell you. One does not teach ants how to wield a sword. I don't think I can do anything to prove my worth to this guy, (laughs) unless anyone else has any ideas. We can't hear any of this exchange, though, right? Yeah, I just sort of get up and I say... You can broadcast it to them. Yeah, I say, uh, the spirits that possess this vessel are uncooperative. They won't tell me what it is they're protecting. Make a fellowship roll for me. 42 with a target of 47. All right, wait. Take our cargo away from here. You would allow us to do this. The others draw close. There is no time. You must go. I... Elders, forgive me. And you hear the door unlock. All right, I quickly get up and say, whatever spirit uh, possesses this vessel has given us permission to take their cargo away. They seem to not trust us, but they trust the people who are about to breach this ship even less. And I walk into the room that just unlocked. All right. You come to see... So I guess this is the bridge of the ship, but it's it's like a multiple-tiered thing. The thing that actually it reminds me of is if on like one of the the Halo levels where you're inside like a Covenant ship and there's like a raised area around the rim and ramps going down and like a lower level in in like sort of like the command area of their ship. That that's very much what you've got going on here. It, it's also got windows. It's more like a transparent wraithbone. You can see mostly moss. To be fair, you can see the ground below. So there's, like, chairs, command consoles and stuff all around the place with, like, a a spot for, like, the helmsman and the commander above you guys. You enter onto, like, the intermediate deck. And then below you, down a ramp, there are are more consoles. Looks like gunnery stations. And a raised dais in the middle, a sort of crystal sarcophagus that's actually glowing with a faint light. All the monitors and consoles are dead. And just faint emergency lighting rings the platforms. Oh, this ship could have been completely unmanned then. Guess we first take a look at that casket. Alright, you guys head down the ramp. The whole place has sort of like stout reinforcement pillars around the edge of the room. And as you walk down the steps, it doesn't quite sound like you're walking on tile. It has a slightly more organic than tile noise as you step down here. But the noise reverberates throughout the chamber and it's it's a very quiet state you get down to the sarcophagus and it is mostly transparent actually and you can see something inside and this looks very familiar to you martin because when we had our flashback thing and you were with that group that recovered some weird eldar artifact on iacanthos that thing that looked like a weapon there's another one and it's right inside the sarcophagus. I recognize this from my youth. Mm-hmm. The runic patterns are slightly different, so you can tell it is not the same item. But uh, it is definitely the same sort of thing. What the heck did we... We ended up 
determining it was a weapon of some kind yes last time but it might be a different kind yeah the death watch confiscated it yeah might be a different kind or just a different manufacturer or something <laughs> now what <laughs> there's no obvious sort of lock or anything on this thing when you try to open it you find it does not open so is it like a typical kind of pod it's got like a queer window over it yeah all right how hard it would it be just to smash that i'm sure it's wraith bone but you can hit it and find out hmm. to use a bolt round or not to use a bolt round <laughs> well you don't want to damage what's inside i guess yeah. <laughs> no no we should use the crack missile instead start <laughs> with the a chain sword i guess all right um whoever's doing the breaking make a strength check i got 40 strength so why not no, not quite. Alright, blows with a, a sword or something don't seem to be doing enough. I wonder if, uh, I know the Eldar use psychic control on a lot of their stuff. I wonder if I, that's some way to open it. Uh, sure, you could give that a shot. Roll a um a willpower test if you want to give that a go. A straight willpower. A flat willpower. Roll a 23 with a target of 55. Okay. You reach out with your psychic senses and you feel that this is actually psychically locked. That that's the mechanism actually keeping this in place. It's not a mechanical lock. And you sort of probe around with your mind and are able to pull apart the tethers of this psychic lock. And then you hear a sort of a, a hiss as the sarcophagus lid pops open just a couple inches. And you can open it to reveal the thing inside. It is definitely a weapon for a refresher. It's, it's maybe like five feet long or so and like a foot and a half wide along the middle a bit too big for like a human to comfortably use but you can like sort of like carry it slung underneath it's sort of shaped like a um little like pill things that you put on top of your car to hold skis generally that shape it's uh a, probably like 200 pounds or so to lift so doable but you probably can't hold much else and as that thing opens you hear a the noise of a gun cocking from above you guys, and look up and see a group of faceless traitors fanning into the room. thought somebody was watching the door. Or, uh, who was watching the door? Pretty sure it was Ketho, actually. That is correct. Okay. So, before they cock the gun and are walking into the room, you see, you see, like, faceless traitor people, like, appear at the door and start to come into the room. Guys? Guys? I point my gun at, uh, them and I say, Don't move! And they, they sort of, um, they all sort of freeze in place and, like, raise their guns and all point at you. And they sort of, like, continue, like, shuffling slowly along the room. The the people about to come in the door duck backwards and somebody else steps into the doorway. Someone wearing, like, um, jungle camouflage carapace armor. She, she speaks to you and uh, it's a woman's voice and says, I'm Tabitha Wright and you right now... Have your hands all over my cargo. I I gesture the chainsword towards it. Well, if you move too much closer, I'll destroy it. You'll destroy it? I rev the chainsaw. Oh, my sweet boy, that's Eldar Wraithbone. It's going to take more than a chainsword to break that. You and I both know it. Drop the act and step away from it. Well, obviously I didn't know. I don't say that, but obviously I didn't know. <laughs> Does it look like they have a psyker with them? As she steps forward, more of her crew start to fan into the room behind her. It does look like she has a Psyker present. There, She has a 
maybe like half a dozen uh, soldiers of various kinds, a person in like the what you'd associate as typical astropath robes, and another person holding like a, a bulky las cutter and the tattered remnants of Mechanicus robes. I see. I see how it is now. All right, Tabitha, what are you doing with this? What do you want? Why to sell it, of course. I have a buyer who's going to pay very good money for this particular artifact. The Elder aren't using it when it's stashed away here, so I'm going to borrow it. You realize this is a weapon that could destroy a huge swath of a planet, right? Well, I intend to be very far away from that planet when that happens. Not my problem. Oh, boy. Well, it seems we're at an impasse, Tabitha. We are indeed. We've also been sent to claim this. Who's your buyer? Who's yours? You tell me yours, and I'll tell you mine. That's not very professional, Tabitha. She just stares at you. Tell him uh, Gideon Argentos. So what's the plan here? Are we going to kill each other? No one's going to walk away with this thing? Or are we going to trade for it? Trade for it? Is to try and tempt Tabitha into bartering. I agree with Matt that the Gideon Argentos lie might... I don't even know what it might do, but... He has the money to pay for something like that, certainly. He would. I'm going to see what she uh, does now that I've offered this idea of bartering rather than murdering each other. So you, you are proposing that to her? Yes. Okay. I say, well, we can shoot each other until we're all dead and no one can move this thing, or we can make a trade. And what do you have that I could possibly want more than this? The real question is, what do you have that we could want more than this? Your lives. Yeah, look at us. You're going to shoot us. We're going to shoot you. Everybody's going to die. You got to give us something more. We can't go empty handed. You know how it is. Should I start unpacking the missile launcher? <laughs> Actually, I think this would be a great time for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, she, we could either all go down uh, together in an explosion or she can walk away. So, I mean, what, out of character, what do you have that she might possibly want? No, my question for her is what does she have that we want? Because right now we have the item. So, what is she going to pay us to make us go away? I mean, I was intending to pay the lead price for it. If you're still in my way at the end of the count of 30. Guessing it takes less time than that to load a missile launcher. It does take less time than that to load a missile launcher. Well, actually, it's like, how close is the diocese to the doorway, anyway, where we are? You are, like, 20 meters in, like, just distance from them. But in order to, like, get here, like, get to you, then they either will have to, like, jump down a 15 meter drop or walk like more like 60 meters up ramps yeah up and around yeah you're fairly close like in terms of sight distance i'm more worried about blowing myself up but you know you're you're out of the danger zone if that's what you want yeah so i try to duck out of sight while i prep it sure tadpole roll me a stealth check plus 10 to do that sneakily you can get some cover from that sarcophagus all right. Yeah. I succeeded in the stealth roll. All right. You actually are pretty good at that. What missile are you loading in? Oh, frag. All right. Okay. You get that missile launcher primed and loaded while Ketho has her distracted. So missile is ready to go. Whenever you want to call out a surprise attack, I'll let you brace and fire the missile launcher. Is that your plan, basically? Just get the jump on her with a, a frag missile? Yeah. All right. That's excellent. That sounds good. 
topic that we can exchange threats all day. But things haven't deteriorated that far yet. I mean, she's saying that if you don't leave within 30 seconds, I'll shoot you. That's, that's pretty deteriorated. <laughs> it's there. It's there. We'll see where we'll see we go. Look, Tadpole. Look, it's... Uh, <laughs> we can threaten each other with lead all day. However, neither of us are going to get any richer from this. I thought you were a traitor. I just, like, look around at her, like, her, her grunts. I thought you guys were traitors. Like, all we want is a cut. That clear? You've got the I mean, thing you want? We'll give it to you. We'll walk away. I, I don't I don't have to give you a cut. You're not part of my crew. And we don't have to give you the item because you're not part well, of ours. Well, then we'll have to take it. And she uh, she pulls out a, a pair of pistols and uh, cocks both of them. Uh... All, all her men sort of raise their weapons. Okay, um, talkie time over. <laughs> yeah, you know it doesn't. It doesn't seem like verbal negotiations are going anywhere at this point. I just want you to know, Tabitha, as I turn and and uh, and give a little wink to Martin. You're a complete dumbass. <laughs> you're Q, and sir. Phew. You're Q. Yeah. So frag missile right at her face. Yeah, and that that'll hit a, a couple of her friends. She is surprised, which is plus twenty to your attack roll. Oh, All right, that's a hit. Yeah, roll your damage. Ooh, that's yeah. righteous fury, isn't it? Damn, it's enough to kill the two mooks that were right next to her. Definitely, she is gonna be hurt—not dead, but definitely hurt badly. Well done, Davis. All right, so you fire a missile up, and it, the backblast scorches the ground behind you, and the missile shrieks up and. It hits the wall right behind Tabitha, and the shrapnel flies out and tears two of her grunts, mangles them pretty badly, and topples them to the ground, and they, they die on impact. Tabitha is bodily blasted forward and lands on her hands and knees and cries out in pain and just yells, Kill the bastards! They all raise their guns to attack. As this happens, out of the wall, right between the two parties, steps a eight foot tall construct made of wraith bone with an a large oblong head and oh. sort of runes painted on where its eyes should be and it has a large slightly ovoid cannon held in its arms and it just starts sweeping the cannon back and forth tracking for a target uh, the fucking wraith guard oh god yeah. duck and cover duck and cover <laughs> that's the security there we go. Now there's a place to end the session. <laughs> Thank you for listening to It's Probably Heresy. You can support the show on the Patreon page for It's Probably Heresy, and our work is also available on a number of other sites and podcast services. If you see anything heretical, you can contact the Acolytes through Patreon, or by emailing itsprobablyheresy at gmail.com with no apostrophe. Though few may know of your service, the Emperor thanks you for your sacrifice.